The world has written a narrative of motherhood that's narrow and limiting. But that's not how motherhood was designed to be. We don't have to accept that narrative or stay in that confined space. As Christian mothers, we have the freedom to create a beautiful, fulfilling, and inspiring life for ourselves and for our families. We can live a life of purpose and vision in the midst of the confusion around us. I want you to move from being unsure to being confident as a mom. I want to see you let go of the overwhelm and guilt and embrace the freedom we have in Christ. Let's learn how to enjoy the life and the family we've been given. Let's create homes where faith can grow and hearts can be shaped for the kingdom. I'm Audrey McCracken, and welcome to Grace for My Home. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Grace for My Home. I'm so glad you decided to join me here again this week. As I mentioned last week, we're in the middle of a very busy season. We've got something every every weekend this month where I will be out of town. And I am a homebody. I do not, I like being home. So this is stretching me, but I know it's good. I know it's good for me. Um, last week, my husband and I, we went to a conference together, a ministry conference. This coming weekend, on Friday night, we're having a birthday party for my middle son, Luke. He's turning 15. And then the next day on Saturday, I am leaving with my youngest son, Caleb, to go to a Rubik's Cube competition, which he is super excited about. He has been searching for a, a, something in our area for probably a year now. And every time something comes up, we try to get in it and they fill up so fast. I had no idea. This is like a big thing, right? The whole Rubik's Cube competition thing. It's like a big thing. We tried one night and it filled up within 60 seconds. We didn't get in and I just had no idea. So finally, I had told him, you know, let's just keep looking and keep praying. Something will come open closer. Well, he came to me a few weeks ago with these big blue eyes and said, Mama, something came open and you'd know it was right in the middle of this busy season. What are you going to do? I, I told him, you know, God will open up a door and he did. So, you know, we we're going to Raleigh, to Raleigh, North Carolina um, on Saturday for his Rubik's Cube competition. But I, I wanted to share with you today, I wanted to come to you today and share with you um, a question that someone asked me, and I thought it was an excellent question, but it was a question on one from one of the podcasts that I did a few weeks ago on training our children versus teaching them. You know, in that podcast, I shared five tools that I've used over the years to train my children in the areas where I feel like God has called me to train them. But this question was, how do I train my child in an area where I myself don't feel like I'm strong or in an area where I've never been trained myself? And I thought, that's an excellent question. How do we train someone in an area where we ourselves struggle? And I thought, yes, I want to do a whole a whole episode on that question. And I, because immediately I thought about the time, the season where I struggled with anger. 
And that was a very difficult time for me because my heart was to train my children. And one of the areas that I wanted to make sure that I trained them in was self-control. But I felt like such a hypocrite anytime I ever brought up the subject. You know, how do you train your kids in self-control when they have seen you lose your self-control so many times? And so I just, there was times when I thought, well, you know, I'm just never going to be able to train my kids in this area because I can't walk in that area. And so every time I approached it, I felt like a hypocrite. And so I went back and I thought after this question was posed to me, how did we get through that? You know, how did I go on with that? Because I do think, at least to some extent, I have. And so I want to share with you today just five things that helped me. And hopefully they'll help you too. But the first thing, the first thing that helped me in training my children, and it wasn't just the area of self-control, there were other areas, but that's the one that stuck out in my mind. And I hope that, you know, what I share today will help you if you struggle, you know, in this and, and you feel like a hypocrite, because that's how I felt. I felt like, how on earth am I going to share this with them when I myself, you know, don't have this? So the first thing that helped me was I determined that I'm going to be honest and I'm going to walk in humility. And when I say be honest, I mean, I'm going to be honest about my own struggles. I'm not going to try and pretend to be something I'm not, because even our children can spot a fake. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to walk. The Bible says walk in the light as he is in the light. And so I thought, you know, I'm just going to be honest about my own struggles. I'm not going to pretend to have it all together. And that forces you to walk in humility. You know, when we come face to face with our own weaknesses, our own sins, then it's really hard to be prideful, right? I mean, it humbles us when we have to deal and admit and confess and work through our own sin. And so your areas of weakness, your sin, you can use that to walk humbly with the Lord and before your children. And you will be an example of what it means to walk humbly with the Lord. If if you let it, you know, if you just come to terms with it and say, you know, this is who I am. It's, this is not, this area is not right. He's still working on me. But by grace, I'm going to do what he's called me to do. Because there is a temptation when you're weak in an area to avoid it. And that wasn't an option for me. See, I wanted to just avoid it. But at the same time, I want to train my children in it. And that's hard, right? That's hard because nobody else was going to, you know, I, I, I felt like, you know, Lord, I'm just not qualified to do this. But I am their mom. I'm the mom God gave them. And, and I'm the parent that was home with them most of the day. And so I thought nobody else is going to come in and do this. So somehow I'm going to have to train them in these areas where I myself feel weak. And that started the first step that helped me was to be honest about it and let that weakness cause me to walk in humility in it. The second one was to extend grace to them. See, Hebrews 4.15 says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. 
So Jesus knows what it feels like. And that that scripture has brought me so much comfort. You know, he was tempted in all these areas that I'm tempted in. Now, the difference is he didn't sin. But he, it says that he knows what it feels like. He is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And so he extends us grace because he understands. And so if Christ understands what it feels like to be tempted and extends me grace, then just the fact that I know what it feels like to be tempted in that area means I can extend grace to my kids when they struggle in those areas. So see, we think we've got to have it all together before we can correct, before we can train. But maybe just the fact that we struggle in that area gives us an open door to have compassion on them and to help them because we too understand. So instead of coming down, you know, with an iron fist, we can extend grace to them and say, come on, honey, I know what this feels like, but but we're not staying here. We're going to grow in this area. So that was number two. Number three is I turned to the scripture for authority. See, when we're when we feel weak in an area, we feel like we don't have any authority in that area. And so what I did was instead of saying, this is what I want you to do, or this is how mama and daddy want you to be, I would turn to the scripture and say, this is how God wants us to be. You know, it's not my standard. It's his standard. The word of God is his standard. He says, this is how you treat your brother. He says, this is how you walk. You know, he says you use self-control. He says you forgive. It's not what mom is trying to put on you. The word of God is the standard and we are all working towards it, even imperfectly. That gives us something good to aim at. And see, even if our aim is off, even if we miss the mark, we have to be aiming at the, at the good things. And so the scriptures are the good things to aim towards. And so I would refer to the scripture. I'd say, this is how God wants us to live. And it would be our standard. I want to give just a small little caveat in there. We have to be careful to present the scripture as you know God's instruction to us and God's help for us, but it's not something we beat them with. You know, I, I, I did a, a podcast a few weeks ago about doing daily devotions with our children, and I had a friend who reached out to me after that. He read that and he said, you know, I was never able to do that with my children because of the kind of daily devotions that I grew up with. He said, when we had devotions in my own home when I was a child, then we were berated with the word. And so every time I tried to do it with my children, it just felt yucky. And so we had to do things differently. You know, I wanted to share with them in a more natural way. Because that always made me think of my childhood. And I thought, oh, my goodness, Lord, help us not do that. You know, help us not to present your word as as a paddle to be beaten with. But, you know, as a love letter that you're calling us to righteousness. So just a little caveat in there. Number four is we pray together and grow together. When we come to an area of weakness that we share with our children, it gives us an opportunity to Go to the Lord together and pray in that area. So it's not like you're taking your child to the Lord and saying, you know, Lord, help my child. He struggles here. It's more like, Lord, help us. We both struggle here. And 
it gives you opportunity to grow together. And it helps them see that being an adult doesn't mean you're perfect or that you don't sin or that you don't have to recognize and repent for your sin. You know, we're always going to be growing from grace to grace, from glory to glory. It doesn't stop, you know, when we're an adult. And, you know, that we can't even be a Christian without Jesus. You know, being a Christian is constantly, all of our life, leaning on Him for His grace. You know, it's His goodness, not our goodness. And so when we're able to go with our children to Him in prayer and say, Lord, help us, then they see that. They see this is a lifestyle. Mom and dad don't have it all together. You know, and I don't have to either. That I can be accepted even in my even in my weaknesses. And I don't have to pretend to be perfect. You know, when we pretend to be perfect, they see that. And they can think, oh, well, that's how I'm supposed to be. You know, it's not about being like God. It's about pretending to be like God. And so when we're honest and we're open with them, we show them, you know, nobody's got it together. We're all on the way. We're all in process. So that was number four. Number five is celebrate successes. You know, sometimes we can be in that mode of always looking for fault. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, they've done something wrong. I know you've been up to no good, you know. You know, when they've been quiet for too long, you're thinking something is not right here. Well, it's kind of like that. Like we, we get in that mindset of, you know, we're looking for fault so we can correct it because we love them and we want them to do better. Sometimes we have to turn that narrative around and we have to be looking for successes so that we can encourage them in successes. Because when we acknowledge that they've grown and that there's success and that they've, you know, that they've done something right, then it's like wind in their sails. They want to please us. And I know some of you may be thinking, well, you don't know my child. Your child wants to please you, even though you may doubt it. And sometimes I think we turn them away from us because they feel like when they're around us, we're always looking for fault. I'm guilty of this. You know, there were seasons when I I know I did that. And that drives them away. And so the Lord, by grace, helped me to start looking for things to praise them for and say, honey, I saw that. You know, I saw you do that. And I remember a time when you struggled with doing that. And we need to do that for ourselves too. You know, there are times when we need to go to them and say, listen, I had a success today. You know, there was a time when I always tripped up right here. But today, the Lord helped me to succeed in that area. And so we celebrate our successes together. We're all in this together. You know, we might be a little further along than them. Hopefully we are. But it doesn't mean we're perfect. And we don't have to pretend to be perfect. In fact, when we pretend to be perfect, you know, it's like we set them up to think, I'm never going to get there because they know deep inside they're never going to be perfect. And guys, we can be real with them. We can grow with them. We can pray with them and we can mature with them. And, you know, I'm living proof of this because, like I said, there were areas I didn't even want to touch because I thought I can't do that well. Because I, I'm not, I'm not perfect in that area, and so 
I felt like a hypocrite just by even, you know, dealing with it, even talking about it. But by grace, the Holy Spirit helped me to see you don't have to be perfect to train. You don't have to be perfect to correct. You know, you just have to love them. You know, you correct them because you love them, not because you're perfect or not because you're trying to make them perfect. You know, you're, you're pointing them to Jesus and Jesus is the only perfect one. So I hope this has been encouraging for you today, and I hope that it's been a blessing, and I hope that you'll put it to practice. I hope that you know, you'll know develop a mindset of, we're going to grow together in this home. You know, God knows we're not perfect. We're not going to pretend to be, but by grace, we're going to become more and more like Him, and we're going to enjoy Him, and we're going to enjoy each other, You know, and we're not going to be bound by sin. Because he's changing us from glory to glory. And it's going to be okay, you know. And I just I just hope that, that this has been encouraging for you today. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for my friends that are listening today. I thank you that you have a heart to encourage them when they are discouraged. And you have, Lord, you believe in them when they don't believe in themselves. And I pray, Lord God, that you would breathe fresh life into their homes. That, Lord, in the areas where we feel like I can't even touch that because I'm not perfect in that area, that you would show us how to take our children by the hand and walk with them in those areas and not be afraid to correct because we're not perfect and not be afraid to teach because we don't know everything. But, Lord, we're all leaning on you. And, and Lord, help us to continue to lean on you and not think we have it all together. And we honor you, Lord, in our homes and in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you've enjoyed this episode today and will join me here again next week. You can find more encouragement on my blog at graceformyhome.com. God bless. Bye-bye.